And um, it's pretty cool how this all coordinated without anybody knowing. To my knowledge, there's only two people that know what I'm going to tell you, and that's me and Caitlin. Not even Holly knows. And just the way God coordinated and organized this is pretty cool. So before I get there, I am very excited. How many of you at least participated and at least saw? I know we didn't have church in person last Sunday. We did. There, we had several, I don't know, 15 or so people, maybe a little bit more, came out on Saturday for the taping. But did you see the message from last week? Would you raise your hand if you did? Okay, several of you. Praise God. Man, the devil can't have what's mine. Amen. Because God's already given it to me. Everybody say, it's mine. Well, I've got, I believe, Revelation again here today. And uh, this one is going to be, the devil can't have what's mine, part two. So everybody get your finger up, not your long one, but your index finger. And just poke, just right there like that and say, not today, Satan. Oh, yeah, come on, say it like you mean it. Say, not today, Satan. Yeah. Now, husbands, don't look your wife's way when you say that, or it might not be good for you later. Amen? <laughs> All right. The devil can't have what's mine, part two. If you'll stand for the reading of God's word, I promise will this will be the last time. If you're new here, we do this in honor of God and his word. So I'm going to come to you from Hebrews chapter 10, verse 32 through 36. And that was a cool little video Caitlin created. Not today, Satan. Amen. All right, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 32 through 36. If you have version, you can pull that up on your phones now. But uh, look at the screen, and, uh, and we'll read along. New King James Version. But recall the former days in which, everybody say the next four words, after you were illuminated. That's what the Word of God does. It illuminates us. But I want you to watch what happens after you're illuminated with the word of God. You endured a great struggle with sufferings. Partly while you were made a spectacle both by reproaches and tribulations. And partly while you became companions of those who were so treated. For you, have, you, have, you had compassion on me and my chains. And joyfully accepted the plundering of your goods. Knowing that you have a better and an enduring possession for yourselves in heaven. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence or your faith, <clears throat> which has great reward. For you have need of endurance or patience. We None of us want to hear that. So that after you have done the will of God, you may receive what? You may receive the promise. So everybody say this to me. Say, illumination, illumination. of his word, of word. brings problems. Let's pray, and I'll, I'll flesh all this out for you. Heavenly Father, thank you so very much for your presence. Thank you for this fast. Thank you for the results we're going to see. And thank you for the wonderful food we're going to eat here in a little while. We, we're excited about it. Lord, and we thank you most of all for the word you're going to speak to us now. Father, give us revelation today. Anoint me to speak forth your word, not in word and tongue only, but also in power and in deed. In Jesus' name, and everybody said... Amen. Hold your Bibles up in whatever form you have, as a paper Bible or your phone or however, and let's boldly declare, Father, today, this week, by your grace, I'm going to be a doer of your word and not a hearer only, deceiving my own self. Now, Lord, anoint my ears, anoint my heart, anoint my spirit, my soul, my mind, and my body to receive the truth of your word. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. High five somebody and say, who day?
A man broke into a house one night, and he was looking for some small items to steal, put in his pockets and leave, and in the dark, while he's got a little flashlight on, he heard a voice that said, Jesus is watching you. He stopped. He thought, that sounds like my old Sunday school teacher. He said, I don't know what's going on. He, he, he just froze for a few seconds. He thought, man, what is wrong with me? He shook his head, shook it off, thought, I don't know something. Man, I don't know what. I'm hearing things now. Two minutes later... He's rifling through the jewelry drawer and boxes and the nightstand drawers. And he heard it again. Jesus is watching you. This time it was a little closer. It sounded like it came from the corner. So he shined his light and there's a parrot over there. He said, was that you talking? And the parrot said, yeah. He said, what in the world? He said, what is your name anyways? He said, Moses. The guy said, Moses. What kind of silly people would name a parrot Moses? The parrot said the same people that would name the pit bull Jesus. <laughs> Not good. 2 Corinthians 2.11 teaches us, so that no advantage would be taken of us by Satan. So we understand that he's trying to take advantage of us. For we are not ignorant of his schemes. Satan has the advantage over people that don't understand how he operates. Once we're aware of his schemes, we can be aware of what he's trying to do against us, but we should not major on the devil. We should major on Christ. So I want to tell you what God's going to do is pull back the covers here today and give us a glimpse as to what is possibly going on in your life at some point in the past, maybe right now, for certain in the future. The devil is a schemer, and he is coming. He's trying every way he can to try to rob the word out of our hearts and do things to us. But as long as we're not ignorant, don't focus on the devil. There's not a devil under every bush kind of thing. But the Bible tells in Hebrews 12, too, that we're to look unto the author and finisher of our faith, Jesus Christ, right? So, Hebrews 10, 32, but recall the former days in which, everybody say it again, after you were illuminated. You endured a great struggle with sufferings. When you receive the word, the word of God like today, you are illuminated. You're enlightened. You are made aware of what God has to say. And it changes how you see things within yourself. But then when you are illuminated, I want to make sure you get this. When you get illuminated and you get a revelation from God's word... The very next thing that will happen is you will endure a struggle. Why? Because the devil's trying to steal the word of God that you just got revealed. He is trying to take from you. Psalm 119, 130 says this. The entrance of your words gives what? Light. It gives understanding to the simple. For those of us that need a lot of help, God says, I know you're simple, Dallas Howard. So when you get in the Word, I'm going to teach you. I'm going to let the Word just become revelation. I'm going to let it illuminate your life. I'm going to let you catch what I'm trying to say. When the Word enters your heart, it gives light. It illuminates. It enlightens. And it encourages. It strengthens. But have you ever noticed, I want to ask you something. Have you ever noticed that once you receive the word of God, the battle is on? Some people get saved 
And they will come to me after a little while and they'll say, Pastor, I had it better and easier before I came to Christ than after. Man, I didn't have all these problems. I gave my life to Jesus. The Word of God changed my heart and my life. And now it seems like all hell has come loose in my life. What is going on? I had it better before. Well, no, you didn't have it better before. You thought you did, but you really didn't. And so have you ever noticed that after you got some word in you, watch this, that now you endure a faith struggle and you have to stand in faith for that word? Let me say it again. When you receive the revelation and the illumination of God's word in your spirit, then you have to stand in faith for the word of God that you just received. Do you think the devil's just going to let you have the revelation and the illumination of God's word which changes the trajectory of everything in your life and sit by and say, well, I'm happy for you. Go get them. Of course not. Do you think that whoever it is that wins today between Buffalo or Kansas City is going to stand by and say, well, the Bengals hadn't been in it in 30-some years. Good luck in the Super Bowl. We're just going to give it to you. Of course not. They're going to fight with everything they got. Well, guess what? When you receive the Word of God, the devil comes to fight you, and I'm going to explain why here in just a minute. But that leads me to point number one, and that is this. The devil will try to steal the Word from you. Watch what Mark 4.15 says. I want you to catch this. Listen, this is going to be a very in-depth kind of teaching message here. And it's going to answer some questions for some of you. Mark 4.15, watch this. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown when they hear, watch this, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word sown in their heart. When you come into a church service like this and you hear the real unadulterated word of God, Satan is going to try to come immediately before you hit the doors to go home and steal that word out of your heart. And I'll explain why here in just a minute. He comes immediately to take or steal the word. Why? Satan is a thief. That's what he does. He steals. John 10.10. Watch this. The thief comes only to steal. Everybody say only. only. To steal, kill, and destroy. Let me just, and then of course Jesus said, I came to have life and have it more abundantly. Well, watch this. Leave this up for a second. This is his three-part mission statement. It is not a big manifesto. Mein Kampf, from which Hitler did his whole thing, was 720 pages. Did you know that Satan's manifesto is ten words. I come only to do three things. Listen, it's not hard to figure out what he's after. It's not hard to figure out what Satan's trying to do in your life or mine. It's not hard to figure out what he's trying to do in your life. He does only three things. He tries to steal, kill, and destroy. He doesn't need 720-page handbook. He needs 10 words. God said right there, Jesus did, that's all he does. So watch this. When the word is sown... Satan comes immediately to try to steal that word. Let me show you how this works in your life. You hear a word on healing like last week. It resonates in your heart. You say, wait a minute. Jesus, by his stripes, I was healed. Why am I walking around in sickness? God said I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm going to stand in faith. You say, yes, me, I'm going to stand in faith. 
I'm healed in Jesus' name. Well, guess what? The battle's on because before you hit the door, all of a sudden you start feeling worse. Tomorrow morning you wake up feeling worse than you did the day before. The devil's whispering in your ear telling you you ain't got nothing. What's he trying to do? He is trying to steal the word that was deposited in you. That's when you and I need to rise up and say, uh-uh, not today, Satan. You're not stealing my health. You're not stealing my healing. In the name of Jesus, get out of here and be gone. God's word exploded in me. It illuminated in me. It resonated in me. And by his stripes, I am healed. Yeah. But you've got to know and understand that when you stand in the faith, you, you've got to stand in faith for that word because he's going to try to throw everything against you. You hear a word like last week on peace, and it resonates, and you say, yeah, I want some peace. God said, I have it. I'm standing. Devil, See, in an environment like this, it's easy for us to rise up and say, peace, yes, it's mine in the name of Jesus. But then you go home and you lay your head on the pillow. And for three straight nights, you can't, you can't sleep because you got terrors in the night. The spirit of fear has got you in cold sweats. You can't eat or leave the house because anxiety's killing you. That's when you need to rise up. That's when he's trying to take the word out of you. That's when you need to rise up say, uh-uh, not today, Satan. In the name of Jesus, peace is mine. I've received it by faith. You're not stealing my peace. Get out of here in the name of Jesus. It works the same way with love. God, I so you said you'd pour out your love in my heart by the Holy Ghost. I receive it. Praise God. When you go to work Monday morning, you want to punch your boss in the mouth. You want to strangle your coworker. You want to come home, kick the dog, and bite the family's head off. That's when you need to rise up and say, not today, Satan. In the name of Jesus, you ain't stealing the love of God in my heart. I received it. It's mine. Get out in the name of Jesus. You stand up like last week and you say, oh, the joy the Lord is my strength. He's already given me the oil of gladness. Glory to God, I receive it. And you're happy and you're filled with joy. And you go home and for three days, you're walking around with your head down. You're depressed. You're singing, nobody cares. The troubles I've been through. You've got a choice. Either let the devil steal that or say, not today, Satan. You're not taking my joy. Give it back in the name of Jesus. Can somebody say praise God? How many of you had to stand in faith for last week's word before you got to this Sunday? Raise your hand up. <laughs> I tell the devil he's a thief. Hebrews 10.32, after you were illuminated by the word, you endure a great of afflictions. Look what Romans or excuse me, Mark 4, 16, 17 says. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who, when they hear the word, so they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. They're illuminated. I mean, it resonates. Yeah, that's for me. And they have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time. Afterward, watch this, you got to catch this. Afterward, When tribulation or persecution arises, watch what the next four words say. For the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Okay, 
Why did affliction and persecution arise? It says it right there in the scripture. For the word's sake. Let me say it again. Why does persecution, why do problems, why do tribulations seem to try to come against you when you receive fresh revelation and you receive the word? Why? Is it you? Why is it? Are you seeing this? Put it back up if you don't mind. Go back to Mark chapter 4. I I want them to see this. Look, when tribulation or persecution arises, why does it arise in our life? I want you to say it out like you mean it. For what? For what? I'm going somewhere with this. Satan is after the word of God in your heart. You need to catch this. You and I are no threat to Satan at all until we get God's word in our heart. That's why you should be on the U-verse, the connect with us, reading the Bible through every year, all, all year long. How many of you are doing There's several of you doing it. We're having a great time. Listen, when you get the word of God in your heart, that's when you become dangerous to him. Why? Because the word of God is the power of God in our life. Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, or you could say the word of God. Everybody say the word of God. Watch this, for, for it is, not it will be, not it may be, not it could be, not I hope it is, for it is the gospel, the word of God, is the power of God for salvation everyone who believes is the Jew first and also the Greeks. Power there is dunamis, it's that supernatural working power of God. So when you get God's word in your heart, you get God's power, his supernatural working power in your life, and it is the power of God that stops Satan operation in your life. Listen, You'll come in, you'll get saved, you'll be on fire, you're going to small group, things are going well, and after a couple of months, all of a sudden, man, it just seems like the job's gone crazy, the household's gone crazy, it seems like you've got all these problems, and watch what he'll do. He'll start piling on stuff in your life, so now, well, small group ain't as important. Well, I can't really make it to church Sunday. Well, I can't get in my word. Well, I don't know if I want to pray. What's he doing? The devil's trying to steal from your life. Question is, will you stand? Satan wants to steal the potential of the word of God in your life. He understands what the word will do. Listen, the word of God has the potential to do miracles in your life. The word of God has the potential to heal your body. The word of God has the potential to rescue your marriage. The word of God has the potential to use Bridge of Hope Church to see tens of thousands come to Christ in the next year or two. The word of God has the potential, watch this, to totally change the trajectory of your life. I come by to tell somebody, the word of God has the potential to change everything. You want a change in your life? You want a New Year's resolution? Start getting the word of God in your life. It'll resonate and it'll change the course of your direction. Woo! You don't have to be ultra-talented. You don't have to be gifted. You don't have to be the smartest person, the sharpest crayon in the box. You just need to believe the Word of God and believe what it can do in your life. There is potential there. 16-year-old girl a number of years ago named Eliza married a 20-year-old Taylor. This 20-year-old Taylor 
had never been to school, was completely uneducated. By the age of 20, most people thought, well, he's just going to be a tailor. He'll never amount to a whole lot. He can't be educated. He can't this, he can't that. Well, his new 16-year-old wife said, well, I'm going to teach him. She set out. She taught him how to read, taught him how to write, taught him how to spell, and he was a fast learner. And he became so good at learning and became so educated, he became Andrew Johnson, our 17th president of the United States. Because he had somebody in his life that said, I see potential in you. All anybody else sees is an uneducated tailor. I see a future president. I want to tell you something. You may look down at your life and say, well, I'm a nobody. I'm a nothing. I'll never amount to a whole lot. I'll never make a big impact. But you let the word of God get in you, and all of a sudden the word of God will start speaking to you and say, I got something bigger for you. I got something better for you. I got something greater for your life. I'm going to put some dreams in you. And all you can't do it, but the word of God and the power of God and God will do it through you. Woo! Somebody shout glory. We just need to know the word brings potential. The devil won't bother you before you're saved because there is no potential for the kingdom of God before you're saved. So he'll just let you be. But it's the word of God that brings potential to reality. Look what Daniel 1.20 says. Watch this. Somebody's going to catch this. In every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he found them, what does that say? Ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters in the whole kingdom. I love that scripture. You know what he's saying? You get the word of God inside of you, let it explode. God will exalt you ten times. You'll figure out stuff at work ten times faster than your coworkers, And you'll be the one getting promoted. You'll be the one getting blessed. You'll have so much thrown your way, you'll be like, I can't handle no more. Amen? You'll be the one promoted and exalted and blessed. I'm telling you, the word of God is more than a spiritual thing. It is something that will launch you into every area of your life. Everybody say Potential. John 1, 4 says it this way. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Light stands for development. That's potential. The word of God brings potential to your life. We have God's life or his word in us. We need to pray God impart to us wisdom and skill and understanding that is ten times greater than what the world has. I pray over you as a congregation and over my family and myself. God, make us ten times greater than the world in our gifts, our talents, our ability to understand, our ability to do things. For your kingdom's sake, somebody say amen. I'm praying to some of you that God bless your business beyond your wildest imaginations. That God bless you to be the CEO of the company you're with. For God to exalt you and bless you. Because why? Because then you can become more influential for the kingdom of God. That life is in us. It's in me. The power of God is in me. That potential is in me. The development of me. I, it's developing my spirit and my mentality. The word changes everything. I purpose in my heart to walk in the light of life. Do you see that? The devil, listen, we said already, but he won't bother you much before you get saved. Why? He don't have to worry about it because he already controls your life. If you're not saved, he's already got you, so he ain't worried about you. But once you've been illuminated, 
Once you've been enlightened by God's word, watch this. Then he wants to attack you for the word's sake. Have you ever thought, why am I being so attacked? Have you ever thought, why am I having to go through this? I mean, I don't have some, I, I, I don't know how many times I've told Holly to do this. I don't have some egregious, willful, horrible sin in my life. Why am I under such attack? You ready for this? For the word's sake. As a matter of fact, if you're being attacked by the enemy, it's probably because you do have the word in you. Somebody say amen. Here's an example of how this works. Watch this, 3 John 1, 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper. That's speaking of, of not just financial prosperity, but prospering in life, tangibly prospering. And be in health, that's good health, even as your soul prospers, your mind. So, so watch this. So you read this scripture, and the light gets turned on inside of you that God wants you to prosper. He wants you to be blessed, and you get illuminated by it. Now, there's balance here. I'm not preaching everybody's going to live in a mansion and all that stuff. But I, make no mistake about it. You read God's word from Genesis to Revelation. He does want you to prosper. He does want you to be blessed. Because how else can you fund the kingdom of God and do for his kingdom if you can't even buy your own food? So watch this. So you believe God's word and begin, you prepare you to prosper. You say, well, God said he wants me to prosper, so I'm going to obey him. I'm going to give him or return to him his tithe, 10% of my income. I'm going to give it to him. I'm going to give offerings. You begin to prepare yourself. You say, honey, we're going to prosper. We're going to be blessed because God said he wants us to bless. What happens then? You know what happens then? Your finances get attacked harder than they've ever been attacked before. Why? The devil's trying to steal the revelation of that word right out of your life. And it's up to us, are we going to stand in faith for the word we receive? Anybody seeing this? All you have to do is find one verse and resonate in your heart and the fight is on. Why does this happen? The devil wants to steal the word from you and he wants you to think that the word of God doesn't work. He'll even let you see how blessed somebody else is so that you'll think, well, the word works for them, but it doesn't work for me. Well, I know God healed her, but that's her. God wanted to do that for her, but not me. Do you see the devil's so crafty? Mark 4 again, listen. Satan comes immediately. Everybody say that with me. Immediately. To steal the word from your heart. He will let affliction rise up to dissuade you from believing the word. Why? Because he knows the word of God works and it is the power of God. So he's trying to get you to walk away because he can't take it out of you. Man, I'm preaching to somebody. Look, it's not a personal thing that Satan comes against you. He doesn't care about you and he doesn't care about me. You say, why is the devil always after me? God, he don't care about you. He don't care about me. He doesn't want the word inside of you. He hates the word in you. He's afraid of the word in you. He's afraid of the spirit of God in you. That's what he hates and that's what terrorizes, terrifies him. The devil, listen, let me just tell you something. The devil doesn't care whether you live or die. If you're saying, so, well, I'm saved, you know, he's afraid I'm going to heaven. No, he actually would like to help you get there today so you get out of his way. He don't care. He don't care less if you die. He's out to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. 
He is happy to send you to heaven today. But God says, oh, no, no, no. I got a word I put in them, and it's going to bring fruit to the kingdom of God, and it ain't just them going to heaven. It's thousands, hundreds, tens of thousands of others around them that they're going to influence for the glory of God. You ain't touching them. You ain't taking them. And the devil knows it. And he says, ah. So what does he do? He tries to get preachers to water down the gospel. He tries to get churches to not preach the whole truth. I want to tell you something. We preach the whole word of God. Why? Because it is the power of God, and it will explode in us. It will resonate in us, and it will bring forth fruit. We are not to fear the devil for the spirit of... We don't have this. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and of a sound mind. Why don't we fear the devil? Because he can't hurt you. Man, we need to rise up and say, not today, Satan. I will not receive your fear. I will not receive your anxiety. But rather, the Word of God says that I've got love, joy, peace, long-suffering, all these wonderful things. They're mine, and that's what I choose to walk in. The devil cannot hurt you without the devil's permission. God's permission, excuse me. Watch Psalm 3-7, watch this. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for you have struck all my enemies on the cheekbone. You have broken the teeth of the ungodly. What's the scariest part of a lion? It's teeth. The Bible says the devil goes about as a roaring lion. Why? He's trying to roar and scare you out of the word that's been put inside of you. However... The devil has no teeth because God broke them. A man was at a zoo and he was watching a little wild cat encounter. The, the wild cat was just laying in the corner. And all of a sudden the door opened and out came a, a janitor with a broom in his hand. And he shut the door and that's all he had. No weapon to defend himself, nothing. He thought, well, this will be interesting. He said the man just swept, swept and said... Cat didn't do anything. Finally, he got over where the cat was. The guy took the end of the broom and poked him like, you know, get out of the way. The wild cat, not like a house cat, but like a wild beast cat, hissed at him and just moved over to the other side. The guy watches. He said, hey, you sure are brave, mister. The guy said, no, I ain't brave. He said, well, then that's got to be a tame cat. He said, oh, no, it ain't a tame cat. He said, well, if you ain't brave... And that cat ain't tame. Why ain't he attacking you? The man chuckled. And he said, because he's old and he ain't got no teeth. <laughs> the devil has no teeth. Let me say it again. The devil has no teeth. Study National Geographic. They say when lions roar, they're trying to petrify their prey into standing still so they can eat them. What the devil's trying to do is take the word of God from your heart. He's trying to get you to walk away. And that leads me to point number two, and I'm only just a few more minutes. That is this. Take back what the devil has stolen. Oh, man, hear this. Everybody say it with me. Just say, take back what the devil has stolen. 
Remember John 10, 10, he only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I want to tell you it's time for the body of Christ to rise up. Put out that finger and say, not today, Satan. I'm taking back what's rightfully mine. I'm taking back my joy. I'm taking back my peace. I'm taking back my marriage. I'm taking back my family. I'm taking back everything God said is mine. Somebody say amen. It's time we determine the devil isn't going to steal the word out of us. I'm telling you, somebody this week, when you feel like the devil is trying to steal the word, you just need to get that old song. I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. I took back what he stole from me. I took back what he stole from me. Well, I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. He's under my feet. He's under my feet. He's under my feet. He's under my feet. Satan is under my feet. Man, I've come to preach to somebody and say, man, don't take this laying down. Stand up. Tell the devil I'm taking it back. I'm taking my family. I'm taking my children. I'm taking my family, my marriage, my job, everything God has, my health, my body, my mind. I'm taking it back in the name of Jesus. Woo! Somebody shout glory. Why? God has promised us restoration. Proverbs 6, 30 through 31, watch this. People do not despise the thief if he steals to satisfy his hunger when he is starving. Yet if he is caught, he must pay sevenfold. Though it cost him all the wealth of his house. Not only does the devil have to return what he stole from you, he's got to pay back with interest. If he has stolen your health, he owes you a sevenfold return. Maybe in years of sickness. Maybe in people you lay hands on and God heals them. I've prayed for years. For every day that my daughter's had diabetes, that she lay hands on somebody sick or have an illness, and that many people get saved from the sickness and healed. And I look at it and say, oh, she's got diabetes again today. Well, that's another one, devil. In the name of Jesus. Look, we got to just stop. Well, just hopefully I get a little bit back. Uh-uh. You're going to give me back with interest. If he's stolen finances, he owes you sevenfold. Maybe physically, maybe in time, in blessing to others in the kingdom. Listen, we need to demand back what was stolen and say, devil, you owe it back and you owe it with interest. Job 42.10 says it this way. After Job had prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes and gave him what? Whoa, twice as much as he had before. The Lord restored Job's financial possessions with twice. He got double for his trouble. So the Lord restored them. Listen, we got to rise up, put that finger on us, and not today, Satan. Give me back what's mine with interest. I want double for my trouble, and I want sevenfold in the name of Jesus. Man, somebody need to catch this. God will also even restore time stolen. Joel 2.25, watch this. So I will restore to you the years. Everybody say years. That the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, the chewing locust. My great army which I sent among you. Listen, God can help make up for lost time. I went through years and I wasn't associated with my family. God will restore every, every day lost. 
You don't know what I've been through. You don't know the years that got taken away when I was living from God and I wished I had them back. God can restore it. Lost time in relationships. God can restore those lost years. He can restore the lost joy in those times. God can restore anything. Understand how he works again. Hebrews 10.32. But recall the former days in which after you were illuminated, you endured a great struggle with suffering. Be aware. Hosea 4.6. My people perish for a lack of knowledge. We, we understand now. So why is it, listen very closely, and I'm almost done. Why is it important to know how the devil operates? Watch this. Because if you don't know how he operates, you will then blame God for what the devil's doing. God, my marriage ain't where it needs to be. What about my children? Why'd Billy Bob get to raise and the promotion and not me? God didn't do it to you. The devil's trying to steal from you. Why are you letting this happen, God? The devil's trying to steal. Look, God's not sending you trials to teach you a lesson. I, I need you to catch this. God's not wrecking your vehicles. He's not striking your family with sickness and disease. He's not destroying your home to teach you something. One person said it this way. They said his little baby girl somehow got more than one finger. Fingers was the term that was used. Fingers, the ends of them cut off. He actually had, this was a minister of the gospel. He actually had Christians come to him and say, well, God must be trying to teach you a lesson. God doesn't cut baby's fingers off to teach someone a lesson. As a matter of fact, if God wanted to teach him that lesson, why didn't God cut his fingers off? I'll tell you why. Because God didn't cut those babies' fingers off. The devil did. Listen, God is a God of love. God is not sadistic. Somebody needs to hear this. God is a deliverer, not a destroyer. Somebody shout amen. I want to tell you something. If you're in a place in your life right now where you're saying, man, God, God, that's what the devil wants. Because God didn't do it for you. I'm going to tell you what God did for you. He made you the head and not the tail. He died on an old rugged cross almost 2,000 years ago and said, I'll give my life to those people even though that they're rotten sinners and wrong and we all are without Christ. He says, even though they did me wrong, even though they've done all the things wrong, I still died for them. I want to tell you what he's done. Nothing but good and not anything bad. All he's done is give of himself and pour out his life and spill his blood for you and I. I want to tell you he has not withheld anything good from you. I want to tell you what God has done. God has been great to us. Much better than we deserve. If something bad's happening, no more do this at God. Put that finger out and say, not today, Satan. God has blessed me. He's helped me. And you're a liar. You're a thief. Get out in the name of Jesus. You're not taking my joy. You're not taking my peace. You're not taking my family. You're not taking my health. In the name of Jesus, get out! <laughs>